Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey coaches, how are you? Happy Thursday, episode 535 of Coach Unplugged. Today we're going to talk with with coach about positive the Positive Coaching Alliance. It's a great great organization before we do do that i want to give a big shout out to two other great organizations teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better the one-stop shopping for basketball coaches it is the target for your basketball needs it will help you in any point of your journey also same thing with a great organization is dr dish um I love how I can run the whole thing through my phone, through my iPad, how there's workouts there. Some of the best trainers in the world are on Dr. Dish. So make sure you go over and check them out. Mention Coach Unplugged and they'll give you $350 off your next purchase. And that means a lot to us. Go over and check them out. Let's head off to the podcast. Um, I have a great interview with Ray today from Co- Positive Coaching Alliance. Um, it's great. Um, it puts... I think it puts everything in perspective as far as coaching goes. He's a former high school coach, has a huge career um, coaching, and now he's trying to make a difference. So I'm never sure how to start this. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon for, for all the podcast <laughs> listeners. Half, I, I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced that half the podcast listeners are either driving their cars or running right now. So That's true. Yeah, if you're driving, make sure you're looking because I just watched some of Ray's videos, and I love them. The I think they're called baseline drives, but, and then, uh, if you're running, run faster is what I'm telling you. So I'm, I'm happy to introduce, help me out here. Ray Lokar, right? Correct. I got it. I got it. Um, so Ray, the way usually, usually the way I start these is I kind of throw the ball back into your court and have you tell us a little bit of your journey. Cause I saw your resume and Holy cow, you have done a lot of things in and out of basketball um but just kind of give us a summary of of your journey through this whole kind of adventure 
Yeah, it's funny. I have three older kids and a son that's a freshman in high school. I was just talking to him the other day uh, about, you know, kind of my life and where, how it's taken me to, through sports. And I realized early on that that's where I wanted, uh, wanted to be. Even in, uh, in high school and, and junior high, I was the commissioner of athletics. So I knew that I wanted a job in sports somehow. Um, went through the route like everybody else played and started to play in college and my old athletic director from high school got me a coaching job at a little middle school close by teaching afternoon PE while I was still in college. So I <clears throat> hung up the sneakers and, you know, started coaching right away. And, um, so, uh, been in a long, long time and it took me a lot of different places and, uh, just kind of evolved and went from one place to the other. Uh, a lot of times, you know, Steve, I think like, like most coaches, um, predicated on what was best for the family at that particular time you know so uh you know kids come along and you drive drop down you know when my oldest son got to high school I decided it was time to leave the college level and come back to high school so I started doing that uh <clears throat> then it took me to a couple of high school jobs and ended up back at my alma mater where we won a section title down here in California which is kind of a big deal um and then uh I was invited to a thing called the Mentor Coach Institute uh, but was put on by Positive Coaching Alliance. And I think I spoke up too much. And about three weeks later, I was at a quarterly meeting and have been speaking full-time for them uh, for the last 11 or 12 years. So, so tell uh, us a little bit more about... A chance to go all over the place. Tell us a little bit more about that. Because, you know, again, ha half the people I have on here is total cold calls. It's Twitter. It's Instagram. I, I just reach out to people. Sure. And, that, and that's what yeah. I love about this game. People are so welcoming. But but what what where you kind of stepped out and where where I kind of saw you in the in the social world or the basketball world was the the sports positive thing and that and it seems to have really taken off in the last I don't know year year and a half could you tell us a little bit more about that because I'm very intrigued yeah yeah it really really has I mean we started uh, or they started in 1998 as a little nonprofit out of Stanford's athletic department and a little itty bitty. Uh, office in the secondary gym and has kind of grew to a national nonprofit with 20 chapters or regions that we service with, you know, board members and national advisory board members. And we, uh, <clears throat> um, you know, put on 1,500, 2,000 workshops nationwide a year for coaches and parents and athletes and administrators really on how to get the best out of, out of sports for their kid on and off the uh, court or, or, or fields or out of the pool. Um, it's non-sports specific. And, uh, you know, we really, really have benefited from uh, some coaches that are most recently become really prominent just for focusing on the process instead of the result. And that's a, a large focus of what we talk about that I think it's lost on parents at such a young age they worry so much about you know the final result whether a kid won or lost or what select team they're on or you know how they compare to somebody else and really we want kids to focus on you know giving their best effort trying to do what they've learned and being able to manage mistakes um you know if they can do that they're going to be as good as they probably should be so um that kind of intrigued me early um and i was still kind of in the coaching world <laughs> um and uh, started to speak and promote our program at Positive Coaching Alliance uh, from there. And, uh, and it's just become a situation where, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing so many of them across the country. I 
do then the 13, 14 different states, working with uh, you know all of those different groups and trying to put them all on the same page and make a little difference, one organization, one school at a time, I think. And is there any specific like national basketball organization here? Are you are connected with USA Basketball? Are you connected with any? Yeah. Yeah, actually, you know, we, we uh, have a, a tremendous amount of support from a lot of governing bodies, um, the NBA, Junior NBA, AAU, uh, USA Basketball, all support uh, what it is that we do. Um, but it's not, like I said, it's not sports specific, uh, USA right. baseball, major league right. baseball, um, RBI programs, you know, uh, local, local teams, local pro teams in each of our regions are, are really big supporters. And our national advisory board includes, you know, coaches like, like Phil Jackson's our national spokesperson, um, Steve Kerr, Doc Rivers, Larry Brown, Dean Smith in his, uh, passing was one of our early, earliest, uh, advisory board members, uh, Brad Stevens. So, um, you know, kind of what we go out and share are stories and, uh, from them and, and then research from, you know, a lot of sports psychologists, uh, and, uh, researchers from around the world really on, on what works best. So it's really not opinionated, uh, solely. A lot of it is, is research-based, um, you know, on how kids really perform the best. And, and, and what, what one bit of, I mean, I don't want to get your whole spiel, but what's one bit of advice you would give parents that are listening to this? I, I know what I would <laughs> yeah, say, I think, <laughs> but go yeah, ahead. I think one, one of the things we, you know, we talked about is, is, uh, you know, already is the focus on the mastery of the sport instead of the, instead of the scoreboard and the result, you know, focus on your kids improvement and the effort that they're given and um, being able to, you know, bounce back from setbacks and failures. And that way they're going to progress through the system as they should um, best. And the way that you communicate them with them um, is huge too. You know, one, one of the big things that we talk about uh, one of our national advisory board members, Carol Dweck wrote a book called mindset that talks about how you should praise your kid really. Um, right. And it helps them develop a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. You Great. Know, I love them. that. I love that too. Yeah. 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 When you praise them for how talented they are, they, uh, they think they're, they're achieving because they're talented. And then when they struggle, they think, well, I'm just not that talented right. and, and they kind of level off. But if they get praised for their effort, then when they struggle, they just think, well, I got to try harder and put in more work. And that's really what we want to develop is that, that, um, you know, that mindset and you do that through, you know, this ratio of what we try to create is, um, five times as many positive memories to criticisms and corrections. Yes. And, and that's really hard. And that's really hard. That. That, as a teacher <laughs> yeah. and a coach, that is, I mean, I have, to, I try to do even more than five because I know if I think if I try to get seven to 10, I know I'm going to get five. It's, it's, For sure. it's, you know, it's just so hard. I mean, I notice it in my classroom every day. It's just, I'm always yep. correcting. I'm always correct. It's like, well, no, that was good. Well, that's, yeah. that's in our, yeah, that's in our, our job description, right? We've got right. to correct mistakes and we got to right. make things better. And, and so I think the, the key point there is that, you know, during the other times we got to go out of our way to catch them doing something good and try to create as many positive memories as possible. And, and it's not just the coach that's involved right. in those memories, right? I mean, it's the administrators, it's the school, it's the legal organizers, it's teammates and it's the parents, you know, coaches and teammates could have a great culture and a five minute ride home with the wrong mom and dad is going to send that ratio. into the toilet. <laughs> Amen. Uh, what about, <laughs> what about specialization? Do you talk about that? 
Uh, we, we, we encourage multiple sport specialization. I get on my, you know, individual soapbox, um, okay. during most, most workshops about that because yeah, we're, you know, so much research now is going out there on, you know, how many opportunities there are for multiple sport kids and how coaches really like that. Um, as opposed to the single sport kid and the benefits of multi-sport specialization and the downfalls of, you know, single sport specialization too early in terms of burnout, not only physically, but mentally. Well, I think that's a um, huge thing. I think, I think burnout's a huge thing. And I, and I, and kids, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think until you get to 13 or 14, you really know what you want to do anyway. Um, <laughs> and your body hasn't stopped changing. And I mean, all the studies show that, sure. that, that there, you're using different things when you swim than when you throw a baseball, than when you run a 400 or 440. I mean, all those things are using different, you're basically cross training is what I tell all of our parents is like, they should play as many sports as they can. They're all helping the other sports. Uh, they really are. You know, and, and the other thing, Steve, I think that, that people get lost on is I think one of the hardest things to get young kids to do is to really compete. Right. And, you know, when you're training during the off season, you're not really competing for a purpose. You might be, you might think you're training hard and you're competing against yourself, but you're not representing a school and you're not, you know, really, you know, playing for a reason that, that, matters to a bunch of other people um whereas uh you know one one year we won our section title um you know i think i on my basketball team i had a left tackle that ended up going to uh kansas another left tackle that went to san diego state a linebacker at ucla a shortstop at san jose state <laughs> and a bunch of d3 players and right. one d1 kid that was mid-major you know right. And, uh, and we were pretty darn good, but those kids were competitors, you know, because right. they spent their off season, you know, <clears throat> playing, playing for a reason. I'd rather them do that than, you know, really you know, dribbling through cones or, or, you know, being on the gun, although that stuff is great and they need to keep their skill work up, but they right. need to compete and play, you know, play hard for, I, for a purpose. So I always tell, <laughs> I always tell my youth coaches, I want a competitor. I want a kid that I can't sit down and play a game in Monopoly with because we won't be talking at the end of the night because that's, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, if you compete w w my family, by the time I was like 10 or 11, I had an older brother, we couldn't play board games because we were all four sure. of us were so competitive. We couldn't play board games. No one would talk to anyone for like 24 hours. Cause it was just like, like it was like a death match kind of thing. And that's all, I mean, right. you, you, you just want the competitive part, you know, obviously as we grew older, we, you know, we adjusted to that, but, um, and that's what you get by playing different sports. I, I think, and yeah. I don't know if there's been research on this, but, you know, obviously there's the exceptions to the rule, like the LeBron James of the world that are just not normal. They're not, he's not a normal human being. He's <laughs> one in 7 billion. Right. That, sure. that it's sometimes good to play other sports in the sense that maybe you're not the, the guy or the gal. Part of it is yep. accepting roles. Part of it is accepting, hey, I'm not the best baseball player. I might be the best basketball player in my middle school, but now all of a sudden I'm the fourth best baseball player. I have to accept a different role. How do I fit into the team? All that stuff is life lessons that I don't – I mean, that, that's one of the reasons I coach is because of those life lessons, I think. Yeah, and really, you know, our whole philosophy at Positive Coaching Alliance is, is uh, creating a mental model for coaches. We call them double goal coaches. You know, they, they're, the most obvious goal is to go out and strive to win and prepare your team to do so. But the more important goal is the life lessons the kids are going to learn along the way. They're going to, you know, benefit them for a lifetime, right? So, right. 
um, that double goal coach model is really kind of the basis behind what we talk about. And, you know, you, we mentioned the parents, um, what we try to get, you know, the culture to understand is that if the coach's job is to strive to win as the first goal and the second and more important goal is to teach life lessons, we want parents to look at themselves as second goal parents, right? Where the life, right. helping their kids absorb the life lessons that the coach is trying to teach is their most important role. Right. Right. Not to worry about the wins and losses and how the coach is trying to do that. Right. But how we're going to teach commitment, work ethic and attitude and sportsmanship and grit and accountability and all that stuff. Um, That should be the parent's job. Right. You know, to support the coach and teaching those, because if I'm a coach and I'm trying to, you know, teach a lesson of commitment and work ethic and maybe sit a kid or not start him or change his role because it's lacking and the parent is bad mouthing me or talking at the dinner table or calling administrators, that lesson gets lost. Right. So you need you need the parent support in order for the kid to develop those things to the best extent possible. And I think you do a great job of that from the research I've done is is part of a lot of it, at least I found from someone that's coached a really long time. A lot of it is communication. You know, the parents in my program know that the kids are supposed to be. I mean, I think being on time is an important thing. Um, (laughs) Not being late. It's called Lambo time. You're 15 minutes early. You're not 15. You don't show up right at you know, 11 o'clock, you show up at 1045. You're always, so I talk to my parents about, Hey, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm trying to teach them lessons that when they get a job that this is going to help them. And, and I, you know, I always talk about it in terms of a triangle too, you know, it's, it's, it's the coach, it's the player and it's the parent. And when that triangle is in, in a perfect world, Oh, we're good. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sports is great then. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's when it gets out of balance. Yes, it is. You know, the funny thing that you mentioned too, Steve, you were talking about board games with your kids um, or with your your brothers and sisters and, and, you know, how competitive they would be. Uh, I I think that that there's a a hidden lesson there too for for kids and parents and and teams and schools is that, you know, a lot of times you demonize your opponent. You know, you think you've got to hate them in order to get up for the game or you create this animosity. and when you think back to, to our, our brothers and sisters and our friends, we probably played harder against them than we did against people that we didn't know. So I would argue the reverse, that maybe if you love and respect your opponent, it will actually cause, cause a more competitive environment. And you're going to play even harder in trying to you know, do well and win than you would if you, you know, tried to drum up some phony hatred for your, for your rival you know, to, get, to get up for the game. Um, I always think that that's funny when I think back to to my youth, you know, I, I, I would be like you, I'd always play harder against people that I knew or loved, um, and would, would end up playing poorly against teams that I hated because, you know, I tried, sometimes you try too hard and in sports, a lot of times you got to try easy. I think, I mean, that, that, I mean, I'm going to literally pause. That's profound. I, I have never heard that. And that is so, that is so true in society. And I mean, it's right. true for me. I'm, look, if I can look at a mirror right now, it's like, I know. I mean, there's rivals in our league. It's like you try to demonize them, and you shouldn't, to be honest with you. I think you're right. Um, I think back some of the rivalries yeah, I, my I, boys I, have had. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I went to Bishop Ahmad High School in Southern California, and we were in Sports Illustrated back when I went to school with St. Paul High School as, you know, one of the top ten rivalries in the country, which really meant, you know, the – 
bottom 10 worst rivalries, right? Because right, there, right. there was that, hey, there was that hatred and it was right. terrible. And, and I think back to, you know, how awful it was and we'd be on the news regularly now if, if that was the case. People would be cell phone videoing, you know, the, the confrontations that we had. Right. Um, you know, but but I think we got we got to understand that that's that's a little little different now. You know, we I think that uh, people in society are starting to understand that the whole Friday night tykes, you know, um, <laughs> culture is not is not one where we should go. No, and yeah, and the thing is, we live in a world that it, it it's 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 feeding the other. It's putting twelve year olds playing little league baseball on, on ESPN. <laughs> it's playing. Yep. The national high school championship game on ESPN three. We're going media is trying to push us the other way. So we have to fight back against it. Um, yeah, that's the great point, right? I mean, it's a great opportunity for those kids to get a chance to do things and to be on TV and it's awesome. And I've been at our little league Western regionals out here in California. It's close, very close to, to where, where we live. So I've been to, I bet you I've only missed two or three of those, you know, tournaments since 1992. And uh, a couple of things that interest me all the time, Steve, just about athletes at that age is that those kids that are there are always great kids and they're really polite and respectful. And to be honest, a lot of fan bases are really, really good right. once you get there. Right. Um, and, and it makes me think uh, of, you know, the different options. Does that league not have any parents that are crazy or kids that are bad probably not and, or do they just not pick those kids well you know they usually pick the best kids for all stars so that's probably right. not the case either and i think the real answer is that you know kids that don't have that kind of character and parents that don't support them in the proper way just don't win enough to get there right <laughs> yeah i mean I, you're you're right i i would yeah i never thought of it from that angle um yeah yeah, that's a, that's an interesting, yeah, because you see that in, in you know, I, we just live in a society right now where everything is like you said, cell phone, Snapchat, quick, quick satisfaction, and then and to build a tr team and build that positive feeling right. takes time. Like I tell the boys, anything that's worth anything in life takes hard work and takes time For sure. most of the time. Yep. Um, you know, the lottery ticket thing is the exception to the rule. Um, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? So you go all up and down California. Yeah. Um, you're well, based we, where, yeah, we you're, started where at Stanford. Based? I'm in Southern California. I'm in Southern California, just east of Los Angeles. Okay. Our Los Angeles region handles like from Santa Barbara to San Diego. So like 120 mile radius, okay. but I travel, I'm, I'm going to Montana in two days to talk uh, to a USA baseball group for major league baseball. Um, oh, wow. And part of our RBI partnership there. Um, so yeah, we have, we, you know, we have chapters in Tampa and New York and Boston and, you know, we're, we're all over the place and um, it's, uh, it's, it's growing. And I think people are starting to understand the movement, um, you know, besides all of those supporters, we, we, we got support from, from Fox sports, uh, their charitable arm is called Fox supports. Um, and they gave us a, a Super Bowl ad. I mean, at halftime, it went Lady Gaga, Disney World, and then Positive Coaching Alliance. So that just helps the, the visibility. And I think that PCA is going to start to become, uh, you know, the, the brand that is an acronym, just like, you know, MLB, NBA, Junior NBA, or, you know, Little League Baseball. I think that, you know, we're starting to make those inroads where, um, you know, people are going to recognize that this is just how coaches need to be trained. 
And and how have you are you connected with state associations? In some states, uh, states require um, our uh, our training. Uh, we've had support from, you know, Arizona, different, different coaching organizations, uh, down here in Southern California, our local CIF LA section, uh, is starting to use us. Hey coach, hope you're enjoying the podcast. A uh, couple of things that don't, doesn't cost you a cent to do. You can subscribe and like, leave a written review. We really like that. You can go over to our YouTube channel, just type in teach hoops on YouTube and you find our YouTube channel, um, subscribe, like there. So you'll always get the updates. Um, next thing is, um, you, if you do any shopping on Amazon, go down below, click our Amazon link, www.teachhoops.com backslash Amazon. Anytime you're doing shopping on Amazon, we get a small little commission. Helps us with our hosting fees. Be surprised how expensive it is to run one of these. And if you really love this stuff, you know, let me help you. Let me mentor you. Let me uh, email. Let me get on one-on-one calls. Let me show you all the resources that will help me become one of the winningest coaches in the state of Wisconsin, you know, um, you know, that's why I'm doing this. I want to help coaches become better. Um, so teachhoops.com can do that. All right, let's head off to the podcast. In place, we have a, a partnership with Hillsborough County in Tampa. They have, uh, it's the largest, uh, high school district, 36 high schools or something in, in Tampa. And we train every coach in every sport, um, year round, uh, for the last five or six years. Um, and uh and they don't get paid unless they come to the <laughs> to to our training so and is it an uh, online training is it uh well we do have training? yeah yeah we do have an online option you know so that you get the content but but what we do best is deliver online or, or live workshops um for uh you know groups and schools and organizations to to each of those different constituents right we'll, we'll do lead, you know leaders and administrators uh coaches parents and athletes uh and there's a separate um you know, there's a separate training or workshop designed for those groups specifically, but all with the intent of using the same terminology and getting everybody kind of on the same page so that we all have the same goals and, you know, trying to achieve the same things and treating kids the same way. Right. So, I mean, I think that's probably that at some point a huge inroad, you know, I I know California is not normal in the sense that you have (laughs) so many (laughs) different, I mean, it's crazy. But anyway, like Wisconsin has one state association. They run everything. You know, Iowa has yep. one, you know, all that kind of stuff. In the sense that I think that from a from a high school coaching standpoint, that would be an I mean, we already do like a pre-test. We watch a video. We do all that kind of stuff. But yep. to do some sort of training like that pre-season. Yeah, would be, and, you, know, you know, as many as as much as we can, those, uh, you know, those, those trainings and those workshops are – interactive and and we get the coaches involved um to where uh you know they're experiencing the learning together a little bit and it's kind of neat to get you know coaches from different schools and different districts together to have conversations because we're all kind of facing the same problems um so so yeah it's a really valuable uh, opportunity for uh state organizations or you know individual leagues or even school districts you know out here in, in california in our area we have a number of uh local school districts that have adopted us for all of their high schools in the district, which uh, is, is kind of <clears throat> um, been something that's growing. That's kind of the direction that we're headed. Yeah. And, and, the, school and the school districts are so big that it, it encompasses so many kids that it doesn't. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, so explain to me where this, this started with Stanford. Did it start with a professor? Did it start? Yeah. So Jim Thompson, Jim Thompson, our founder and executive director, he was a, he was a little league, uh, coach of his son's team and he was a walk on, uh, girls coach at Fremont high school up in the Bay area at the same time as he was in charge of the global business program or something at Stanford and all of those things kind of collided and uh, just had the opportunity to start this this nonprofit um, with the support of Stanford's athletic department. That's kind of where it was spawned. And obviously it's grown out of that little itty bitty office to a, a larger office in Mountain View, um, but it's grown nationwide since then uh, so that we have, you know, executive directors and, you know, a number of different uh, chapters and board members and, uh, um, you know, people that do the outreach and then about 150, speakers or trainers like myself that that speak all over the country uh to each of those each of those different groups um the website's positivecoach.org so it's easy to easy okay, to yep. find i'm gonna i'm gonna give uh, you some i'm gonna give at the end we'll get all your contact stuff and i'll put it in the show notes so all the cool. people that are listening don't stop your car don't grab a pencil we'll we'll, we'll take <laughs> right. care of it in the show notes you get home you can look it up um so where do you what what would be your ideal like five ten year thing? What do you where do you see this going? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think that there's probably you know room for another half a dozen different uh, different chapters in some major major cities and major organizations or major areas uh, in the country, and um, you know we want to reach as many people as as we possibly can, and we'd really like some of those terms that we use, you know words words are so powerful they create this mental model in people's minds on how they're supposed to act and behave and you know what they're supposed to stress um and and i think you know things like the double goal coach you know that should just be standard people you know coaches should understand that no there's two things i'm trying to do i'm not just trying to win i'm trying to teach life lessons and if i'm a parent a second goal parent i'm working on those life lessons and we want our athletes to be what we call triple impact competitors you know we think there's three ways that you can impact sports you can either um, work really hard to make yourself better. You can be a great teammate, and make your teammates better, or you can play in a game that just makes the game, the sport, the organization better. You know, those are the three ways that, that kids can really, you know, make a, make an impact on what it is that they're doing. And some kids do one of those better than the other, but we want them to strive to do each one of them as much as they possibly can. So um, you know, with those kind of things in mind. Yeah. yeah isn't it just like it, in sports, right? It's I mean, so important. You know, I, we use a lot of PGC terms. So we talk about breaking a window. So when I yell yep. that to my boys, they know what it means. They mean, you're going to pass yep. over the ears. Yep. You're going to pass over the hips. They kind of know what I'm talking about. So that would, I mean, for, for your organization, you got to think that's one of your goals. It's like every, if we can get yeah. everybody on that same page, we've been yeah, successful. Totally. We talk about the elm tree of mastery, right? ELM right. is the acronym we want, right? We want kids to give their best effort, you know, to learn and to worry about mistake management, right? right? Effort learning and mistake management. And you do those three things, you know, over and over again, you're going to be, you're going to be pretty good and win the games you should. So, um, you know, between that and the five to one magic ratio, and then, uh, you know, and then we, we talk about respecting the sport and honoring the game. You know, um, we use the acronym ROOTS for the five things that you should respect about sports. You should respect the rules, your opponents, the officials, your teammates, and yourself. You know, and if you do oh, all I those like things, that. that kind of becomes a guideline for life a little bit, you know, roots. Right. Um, those are things that you can use 
outside the lines too, right? Outside the lines, rules are laws and you got to respect the people that enforce them and you got to respect others and family, friends, coworkers. And it just kind of, you know, sports is just a laboratory for life, right? It is. It is. I mean, it's the reason <laughs> I, it's the reason I started it. It's the reason a lot of people I've talked to on this have started it. It, yep. it, it. It's a mission. It is actually, that's what people don't understand. It's sure. It's about wins and we all want to win and we all want to do that, but, there's so many bigger lessons that can be taught. Um, For sure. And, and, and the thing is, I'm a math teacher by profession. So the, the voice I use between the lines resonates sometimes <laughs> better than, than the one when I open right. my door and walk in. It's crazy. Sure. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. You know, Mandela was given away a sports award one time, and he says, sports speaks to our youth in a language they understand. Yes. Yes. Right. You, know, it says I mean, adults you, could, you don't, can sit there yeah. and talk about people. Yeah. Right. The, adult, the adults don't screw it up. Right. Yeah. But you can talk to those kids till you're blue in the face and they're not going to remember everything, but throw them a ball and keep score. Yeah. Right. right. And they'll all remember sudden, everything. That's a great idea. Yeah. Maybe I'll just teach them all the math and we'll go play basketball at the same time. We'll do something like that. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> all right. Are there any other but things? The whole grit I have, and I... resilience thing is, is huge too, right? Being able to deal with failure. I think that's one of the biggest things that, that kids, you know, can't handle these days is how to deal with setbacks. When I watch, you know, like I watch, uh, I used to watch American Idol when it was on. Right. Yep. And somebody would get, you know, somebody would lose and the, or not make it to Hollywood and they'd cry and throw a tantrum. And I always turn to my wife and say, you know, that person never played sports. <laughs> right. They don't right. know what it's like to lose. <laughs> so um, when my daughter graduated from college, she, she got her doctorate. She's Dr. Thomas now. She's not Dr. Lokar. She got married. <laughs> married. Dang it. I don't even get that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so she's Dr. Right. She's Dr. <laughs> Thomas. But when she graduated, I, you know, I told her, Hey honey, I'm proud of you. And, and you know, how did, how did you do that? I mean, you're my kid. How did you make it through that program? And, uh, and she said, daddy, I never would have made it if it wasn't for shooting slumps and losing streaks. Yep. Right. Yep. The tough stuff is the, the tough stuff that we try to protect kids from is really, that's really the things that makes make them into great people that are going to, you know, be able to overcome things forever. Um, we want them to we fall down. Them from things. Yeah, we want them to fall down and scab their knee, and then we want to pick them back. That's the analogy I was. I want to pick them back up. I want to clean it off. I want to give them a hug and a kiss, and then send them back outside to play. And that's Get back we lose it. that. Yeah. We do it when they're four, <laughs> but when they're twelve, yeah. we stop doing it. It's crazy, you know. Right. We try to put them all on the same team so that they they win every game, and right. you know, then when we move when they're not playing and they're not struggling we move them to a different team and yeah we we hide them from stuff like that and they need to they need to get over it a little bit and struggle embrace and, the struggle right? and i've noticed i've noticed as a as you know i coach volleyball too i've noticed that kids aren't even willing to try anymore like if i'm not going to play and i'm not going to be the star and i'm not going to be this i'm going to go do something else it's not, they're not even willing to be a member of the team which is i think such a lost mm -hmm. It's a lost thing in our society, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. Okay, so do you have anything else you'd like to talk about with that? No, no, I think okay. that's great. The other thing, though, the one thing that you touched on is the multi-sport thing. And, and, and yeah. I want people to, to try to pitch in on this one, too. And, and you know, let's try, to, let's try to really work on that one. I'm, I'm really, really working hard on trying to find a model where instead of creating all of these different travel clubs and AAU clubs, <laughs> um, 
you create a, a multi-sport club that, that really caters to those families and those kids that want to play so that you're not fighting over, you know, athletes and telling them they have to be at the baseball tournament instead of the basketball tournament. You know, you're going to work with them and, um, and have some sort of periodization of training that's appropriate for each of those sports. Cause right now in travel sports, you don't really do that. They just play three different seasons. Right. You know, they just play a bunch of games. Um, so, so that's really been on my mind lately. Is to that's a come great, up with I think you might have, I think you have something there. I have never, yeah. it's a set. You're my second, you're my second one tonight. And guys, I've, I've had some aha moments. It's like, you almost right. need to say, okay, I'm going to take these 12 kids and we're just going to play sports together. And some of kids are going to be better yeah. at some things. We're going to play baseball and then we're going to go to do soccer and we're going to work on, can, you know, dy- dynamic warmups and we're going to do this and then we're going to have a pizza party and we're going to, I mean, that, that that's right. what we need more than I'm going to be on this 12 year old, you know, AAU team and we're going to travel to Dallas, Texas every weekend and blah, 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 yeah. you know. And um, I think it speaks to the point that you said earlier where, you know, your, your best basketball kid might not be your best baseball kid. And so he's going to have to figure out right. you know, how to fit into, you know, some sort of a role where he's a supporting cast guy instead of the, the lead actor. So, um, yeah, so that's something that I've really been bouncing around and, and I just want to try to figure out a way where I can do that and still help the local, the local rec league instead right. of taking kids from them, right? Every time an AAU club or, or a travel team pops up, they steal kids from the yeah. leagues that are really made for everybody else. And now those leagues are not viable and they're shutting down. Right. Um, and, and uh, so that's really what I'm struggling with. Trying and to I think it's going to hurt Little League. I think it's going to hurt some together. of those things. After you completely, know, I do over the long haul. That's a great, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. If you solve that one, let me know because that's a you great, got uh, it. Yeah, that's a great thing. All right, so I'm gonna do. I always end with rapid fire, so I'm gonna ask you a question. Good. Go for and it. Just a quick, yeah. quick answer. This is gonna be a little bit more basketball related rather than just generic. But we'll. You've coached you enough basketball. Holy cow! All right, number one. What's your favorite basketball? Uh, I like the Wilson Jet wide scenes. Ooh, I leave. all right. One word to describe your ideal player. Uh, tough. Okay. One sporting event. If you go to one sporting event only, what would it be and why? Uh, the final four. Ooh, okay. Um, because of all of the people, all of the people that are there and just the hoopla and the chance to see, uh, uh, you know, old friends. Yeah, I've been to one. It's awesome. Um, yeah. Your fa- your favorite pregame meal? Yes. Um, you see how you said you said one word answer. I'm gonna say steak. Okay. And can I break out of yep, rapid yep, you fire can break for out. a second? Yep. I we we had a great trainer. I was at Pomona Pitzer College for a number of years. Our trainer was Kirk Jones, and he always used to say that you know we we always try to eat differently before a game, and sometimes that messes with our system more than it helps us. So we should eat the way that we normally eat, so that and and you can't overdo it and all of that stuff. But I thought that right. was that was interesting, and I remember in high school we used to get steak dinners. So I would eat steak, even though it's probably not appropriate. Probably. You're supposed to have carbs. <laughs> yeah, right? you're supposed to. And actually, it's more than the night before doesn't do enough. It's almost got to be 48 hours. So, um, right? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, what What's one thing you do to relax? 
Uh, I like to sit and watch the ocean. Southern California is beautiful, Steve. It is. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually going to California, leaving Saturday, going to visit a friend, friend who works at Apple up. So we're going up to the, um, we're going up San Francisco. San Jose he lives in oh, San nice. Jose. So yeah, we've been, yeah, I've good. been before. I'm taking my son who's a freshman and my, my wife. There you and, go. Uh, it will be fun. Yeah. We're going to do the touristy good stuff, you. you know, you do in San Francisco. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, best basketball player you've seen in person. Um, I mean, I saw Jordan in person, so I'd have to, I'd have to say that, but in high school, Steve, Stefan Marbury was amazing. Oh, really? I saw yeah. That one up close. I saw that one up close and personal from the second row in a tournament out here in California. And he was phenomenal in high school. Yes. I, I saw Tyus Jones in high school. He was crazy good. Play, play mm-hmm. just like he did for Duke. Um, best player of all time. MJ. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's hard to go across to generations. Argue. Yes. Uh, yeah. One yeah. thing that helped you become a better coach. Coach Wooden. Why? You know, I grew up in LA and, and uh, you know, grew up a UCLA fan um, from the time I realized I wanted to be a coach. Uh, you know, studied him closely. I tell you, here's here's a great article. I think everybody should go back and read. Um, it was a 1975 research uh, by two educational psychologists named Tharp and Gallimore, and it's titled "What a Coach Can Teach a Teacher." And these two guys followed Coach Wooden for uh, a year and charted all sorts of acts of coaching yeah. um, and put it in a percentage. Um, and so early on, I tried to, you know, I, I taped myself one day you know an audio tape way back then right and uh realized how far off i was and you know scolding and instructing and the information and i was fortunate enough to to coach uh a couple of coaches uh last basketball camps before he retired um and then one when he came out of retirement when he was in his 80s uh, his very last camp in the early 90s which was which was great but he was a big influence uh on my life for sure uh, best game you've seen in person? Ooh, um, wow. Yeah, you know, coached in a lot of them that nobody would know about. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> uh, I, I just had right? somebody just say the exact same thing. I would pick a game I coached in, too. I think that's going to that's gonna be a common answer, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> what's uh, – uh, where am I on my list here? Uh, one word to describe your coaching style. Caring. Ooh, I like that. Yep. I, I think that's I, the biggest thing, Steve. Loving. You know, I put loving because um, I love my guys. I yeah, cried in my bank awesome. this that's year. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So one of those, one of those baseline drives that you talked about, you know, I talked yep. about caring, care, think, and try. And uh, you know, those are the three things I think you got to do. You got to care, think, and try. But love is really caring to the greatest extent possible. Right. Right. Yeah. Because um, I had a group so, yeah. this year. I, had, I I started five seniors first time in thirty years. I've started five seniors, and uh, mm-hmm. oh, I'd wow. move. It's mm-hmm. crazy. You never do that. It doesn't seem like. And um, I'd moved like three or four of them up when they were freshmen, and it was just. Right. I mean, it was. I mean, they knew I would run through a wall for them and they would run through a wall for yep. me. And we had had ups and we had had downs and we had cried and we had yelled. And it's like, it's yep. like, a, it's yeah, that's what love is. You know, it's like, 
that, that's you still awesome. get teary eyed thinking about them. But all right, um, one book you'd recommend someone read? Mindset by Carol Dweck. I agree. I mean, it's hard to have a growth mindset. And maybe it's because I'm right? old. I fight it every yeah. day. <laughs> it changed the way I parented, Steve. You know, I mean, my three yeah. older ones, I didn't lavish praise on them. But this research ca- happened, you know, when my youngest son was two, three, four. And now I just, I mean, every time he does something, I try to think of a way I can relate it back to some work that he did. Right. right. You got an A on that math, you got an A on that math test because you did your homework. Tyler, right. 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 That's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's the payoff. Um, so, so can I, what I will do and I found it easiest is I will, um, I'll get your contact information. I'll put it in the show notes. So people want to get a hold of you, um, your, your webpage, all that kind of stuff. And I really appreciate you being on here. You're making a difference in the world. You know what I mean? I telling you, we all try to make a difference, but what you guys are doing is, um, and that's why part of me, that's part of the reason I teach part of the reason I coach is, yep. you know, it's the meaning of life. In my opinion, we, I want to, I want to leave the world a little bit better place. And I think you guys are really doing that. So I really appreciate I you. Appreciate being that, Steve. That's an awesome way to put it. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. We're thank fine. you. And if we all look at things that way, the world's going to be a little better place. Appreciate the opportunity to be on. Thank you. Thanks coach. Thanks Steve. Talk to you soon. Hey everybody. I hope you really enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask, I'm going to, I'm going to cross my fingers. I'm going to please go subscribe and like, um, leave a review for me, you know, so leave some, leave some comments there. Hopefully they're five stars, but leave some comments. I, you know, it helps us, um, get, bring more of these to you. So if we can move up to the podcast chain, I'd really appreciate it. I'm going to also invite you to go over and check out membership site um, at teachhoops.com. You know, it's the, I think it's the essential resource for any coach coming, whether you're an experienced coach, whether you're um, a coach that's won state titles, whether you're just starting out and coaching your fifth grade daughter. Um, it doesn't matter. It's It's got a coaching level for you. You know, we have an extensive on online um, video library. We have bi-monthly office hours, which helps us build our community. We have an exclusive both on our website and in Facebook, a social community where we can interact. And you get one-on-one mentoring from me. Um, You'll get my personal email address. Um, I'm willing to talk to coaches all the time. Those are the ones I respond to very quickly, the ones that are members of teachhoops.com. It's a place for coaches to to learn the game, to to hone their craft is what I referred to. Um, Hey, Coach, hope you enjoyed that. If you did, okay, go join teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Sports Social Podcast Network.